0: <laughs> Excuse me. Jesus. Okay. And welcome to Trash Box, a Real Housewives podcast with Emily Richardson. I'm back, baby. I took last week off because my brother got married and it was beautiful. It really was very good. Um I was the MC. It was my first time being an MC. And, you know, I have a lot of performance experience and public speaking stuff. And, you know, I have a podcast, you would think. Whatever. It would be a cakewalk. But it was actually, like, really stressful. It wasn't like the stage fright that got me. It was more like, it's my brother's wedding and I don't want to fuck up and get drunk and say something stupid. So I didn't really drink much. And then by the time it was all over, and by the way, again... Gorgeous, beautiful wedding. Like, was Crystal Kung Minkoff's Chinese New Year party technically more beautiful? I mean, it's up in the air. We'll talk about it later. But um, by the end of my, like, duties or whatever, my body was so, like, tense from all of the stress of that day and, like, wanting to be perfect that uh, it couldn't get drunk. I had, like, eight to ten tequilas and it couldn't get drunk. Which in some, some ways was, you know, a positive because I would say that not being able to get drunk at a family wedding is maybe better than getting wasted and taking a tit out. Which is, you know, within the realm of possibility when it comes to my drinking. So, I guess it was a win. Uh, speaking of wins, did everybody read the LA Times article with Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal I really enjoyed it. It was nothing like groundbreaking. Like when people were posting about it on social media, I thought there were going to be a ton of revelations that would rock my world. But it really wasn't like that. It was just more interesting. Now, I've written a few things down that I liked about the article. They do talk about race. They talk about the hate that Crystal is getting, which clearly we're going to get a taste of at the reunion. By the way, so fucking excited for the reunion trailer. It was so good. (laughs) I cannot wait. For the takedown of Erica Jane slash Girardi. Take her down. Seriously, I'm getting too angry. I'm getting too angry with this podcast with Erica. I gotta, I gotta chill. Anyway, they talk about race. Crystal talks about how she gets anti-Asian and also anti-Jewish bullying bullshit in her DMs, which is disgusting. Please stop doing that. Garcelle talks about, you know, the responsibility of being the first black woman on Beverly Hills. And then they bring up the Sutton stuff about not seeing color. Now, clearly, Sutton and Crystal are good now, and Cr- Sutton did at the time come out with that public apology, and all, also the all the violation stuff is they've they've gone past it, and in fact, they say in the article that what happened was they connected when filming was paused when half of the half of the ladies really were diagnosed with coronavirus, and this was right after what are you gels of. What am I jealous of? Your ugly leather pants and all the violation stuff and the the color comments. And apparently they talked on the phone and they were like, you know what? Let's do a reset here. And they've since become friends. I mean, they, d- they do this article together. But basically, Sutton says, read the, the color comments. That was a conflama that I learned a lesson from. Seriously, as a white woman, this is how we do. And this is how we can change. So you can... You know, I, I the optimist in me is saying, okay, maybe this isn't just virtue signaling. Maybe Sutton gets it now. Maybe she does. Or maybe it's just virtue signaling. Either way, I think she's learned her lesson to never do that again, hopefully. Because this I don't see color thing, man. It is like rampant with older white women who think they're woke. It's, uh, it's a shame. But she did come out with that apology. It looks like Crystal has forgiven her. I'm going to take like as a viewer, I think Sutton has done a lot of great work, not on learning about race, but taking down Erica. So I have really enjoyed her this season after that initial misstep, but let's get to the Erica stuff. So Sutton tells the LA times that she read their article about Erica three times on her phone. And then she went out and bought an actual hard copy newspaper because she wanted to see it in paper, which is perfect. Uh, Garcelle says she regrets not coming to Sutton's defense at the uh, dinner party from health part two at Kathy's house. And Crystal says she also regrets it, but both her and Sutton admit that they weren't friends at the time. And the the main takeaway here is that Sutton and Crystal are on the fence about returning. No, not Sutton. Garcelle and Crystal. God, no, Sutton. Sutton Sutton says she'll come back because she's a glutton for punishment. Garcelle and Crystal are on the fence about returning. Crystal, because of all the hate she's getting... And Garcelle, because, I don't know, does she really need this? (laughs) Not really, but I'm so happy she was on this season and she called people on their shit. And she went up against Rena and their stupid little Fox Force 5, which still technically includes Teddy, the ghost of Teddy Mellencamp, looming over us. I... Swear. Let's just, let's just get into the episode and we'll do, um, I'm more into Beverly Hills this week. We'll do a little bit of Salt Lake and Potomac after, although I got to (laughs) say, Potomac was fucking fantastic. That final fight. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into that. Okay. So this week on Beverly Hills, Kathy is designing a spec house that is worth $53 million. And what? Okay. For some reason, I, I did not think that Kathy was Rich, rich like that. I kind of thought that Kathy Hilton was Hollywood rich and Hilton was more of a name than an actual fortune, you know, but no, I looked it up. Google says she is worth worth $350 million. That is a third of a billion. She's she's a third of a billionaire. Uh, I, I was curious. So I wanted to see what else everybody else was worth so here are the official google results for real housewives of beverly hills net worth in order so number one is kathy hilton with uh her third of a billion then we have kyle at 100 million and and again this is combined with maurice mauricio why the fuck can i say mauricio's mauricio mauricio's name Mauricio? what am i why am i trying to make it italian okay mauricio um Then you have now Sutton, Sutton's strange because people keep talking about how rich Sutton is. And then the Google results are wildly different. Some say as much as 50 million. Others say just 2 million after her divorce. But no, because fans investigated. And apparently it was reported that Sutton walked away with $300,000 a month in spousal support, (laughs) which is 3.6 million a year. 1.2 million in cash. And I think that's where we're getting the low ball of 2 million net worth. Uh, She also got their Los Angeles home, their Augusta, Georgia home, an apartment in Venice, Italy. And she also has a couple of vehicles, a Vespa, and I'm reading this all off the site, partial ownership of two minor league baseball teams, as we all know, a 44% stake in a lumber company, countless investment shares, and the Amex reward points. (laughs) The Amex reward points, which knowing Sutton and her shopping, it's probably most of her net worth. So that's interesting. Then we have Dorit and PK coming in next. And you're probably thinking, but why? I know. I thought they were kind of like messy broke or scammers or in debt. Apparently 50 million. Mm, Maybe. We'll see. And then there's Crystal and Rob Minkoff at $30 million, which is very high. But when you're like in Kathy Hilton's world, it's not that much. And especially when you're like blowing it on $100,000 bags or $90,000 bags, whatever that was. Isn't it funny when you're like talking about wealth and like, what do I have on my account? Very little, like a few thousand dollars at this point, And this is the most I've ever had in my life. And then I'm like, <laughs> $30 million, that's not a lot but yeah crystals were 30 million and then Lisa Rinna is 10 million and then Garcelle comes in last at 8 million so Garcelle and Lisa are poor poultry actresses now this surprised me apparently Bethany is only worth 70 million I thought the way she speaks I thought she was like a fucking billionaire Uh, And then another really rich housewife. Because other than Kathy Hilton, they all kind of top out at 100 mil with Kyle and, wait for it, Carlton Gebbia has $100 million. Who knew? But anyway, back to the episode. I got very sidetracked about money. Money. And and let me just say, let me just go back to that. I have a few thousand in my bank account. It's all going to my rent. Because I live in Toronto and our rent is terrible. Just so high and ridiculous. So it's not even really my money it's my landlord's okay moving on so oh wait I forgot Erica (laughs) I forgot Erica zero zero I mean some are saying five mil but like let's be real zero she's broke broke as shit okay after Sutton very cutely gets carried into the spec house by that man uh we jump over to the clique the Fox Force four with the ghost of Teddy so the Fox Force five uh, having lunch together. So that's Kyle, Rinna, Dorit, and Erica. And we... Okay, listen. The women are completely entitled to get together without every single housewife there. See the trial of Erica Girardi that she was not present for, that Sutton called. Ooh, ooh. And by the way, another, another revelation of that LA Times article. The... L.A. Times article from December came out, the one right after Lake Tahoe, the expose about how did Erica know? Well, the meeting that Sutton called after that trip without Erica, apparently Sutton called up producers and said, like, what do we do? Like, can we be implicated? Are we are we related to this at all? And the producers were like, oh, I don't know. Why don't you talk to the other women about it? So that was a producer's plant, Sutton's quote unquote meeting against Erica. Okay? So, the more you know. But back to the Fox Force 4. They are having a clique little meeting. And basically, this is the Eric Jane ass-kissing circle. Because Kyle is once again stirring the fucking pot. She says that Sutton doesn't think that Erica was honest about the car accident. Erica says, fuck that bitch. Fuck her. Like, you know, all of the typical Erica is a bully stuff. And then she goes, my story is true about the car accident. It will always be the same. It will never change and then like it's perfect comedy she tries to explain her story and it she says tom had an accident he um uh and then dorit jumps in and saves her from drowning and it's so annoying because let her drown bitches let her drown let her drown okay then erica adds a bunch of shit to the story which keeps changing we've seen it keep Changing, She adds a bunch of shit to the story about how her son also helped Tom f- find Tom after that first cliff accident, not just the second rollover burglar thing. And Kyle in the confessional, of course, says her. S- why isn't Erica just telling us the whole story? Because it's not adding up. But again, not to her face. What Kyle does tell Erica to her face is that her so- so- social media game sucks, which Erica thinks is hilarious because she's so so stupid and does not get the internet because she thinks she is trolling the trolls. Then we get a little like side from fucking Rinna who just mm, flames, flames on this side of my face with this woman. She says she's gotten in trouble for trolling the trolls before. And initially I was like, yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of people loathe Rinna on the internet, but no, 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 that's what she's not talking about her behavior on the show. She's, And, and, you know, her her reputation as a horrid, fake person. She's talking about the times she's come for, like, Trump lovers and getting political and how that got her into shit at QVC. So, of course, she's picking the very best, most flattering troll incident to reminisce about. (laughs) Okay, girl. Um, Erica, again, does not seem to be giving a fuck about the victims. As for her social media stuff, she goes, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean... She really wouldn't be damned if she don't. Like it would be much better if she don't. Uh, and then they all toast and laugh wildly because they're insane. <laughs> um, okay, here's a note. Stop with Rena naming her fucking wigs. I hate her so much, you guys. I hate her so much. See you much. ASMR. We hate Lisa Rena channel. Welcome to the ASMR. Serena channel. I hate her so much. And then their look is bad. It's bad. It, she looks, she doesn't look good. She looks like, she looks like a TikTok girl. And I'm big into TikTok, as you all know. Follow me at mrich44. Uh, I'm big into TikTok and these TikTok people with the makeup and the, the pounds and pounds of makeup and stuff, they don't look real. They just look like strange, kind of uncanny valley, Partly CGI characters. It's not good. She looks demented, to be honest, with those lips and and the looks and the zero body fat. Doesn't look good. And I'm not one to body shame, unless you're Lisa Rinna. Okay. So it's Crystal's Year of the Ox party, and it's gorgeous. It's fucking gorgeous. I really want to go to that party, and it's at the restaurant where they killed they they killed Bill. The, The restaurant where they filmed Kill Bill. I loved the dragon. I don't know what happened, but like when the dragon came out, they got really emotional. And I was like, he's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really cute. I loved her mom and I loved her adorable little boyfriend, Marshall. Oh, <laughs> I thought they were lovely. And I like Rob. I mean, it is a little suspect that he got with her when he was like a lot older and she was barely out of her teens, but He seems like a really nice nerd. And I really like Crystal. I know she's kind of like sat in the back seat throughout the second half of this show. But the first half, she caused a lot of drama. And what the fuck has Dorit done other than Bully Garcelle? Nothing. I'm Team Crystal all the way. Plus, she has qualities that are bitchy. I think she's a good person. But she has these like bitchy, holier-than-thou qualities. And it's so effortless with Crystal. And it's just like classic... Beverly Hills snob. Plus, she's so pretty. She might be one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen on my television or film screens. And even though it's like a standard glamorous beauty in some ways, it's also a unique beauty. Just, yeah. yeah. And you know, she's going to age great. Ugh. Well, fuck her. I mean, no, I love her. I don't know where I stand. I'm so jealous of her. Uh, back to the party, uh elliot mince is there who i completely forgot who he was and i recognized him at first but I, I wasn't sure where i knew him from and i honest to god thought like is he like robert durst's brother from the jinx because he looked so much like robert durst but i knew it couldn't be robert durst because of the you know he's uh in prison for life now uh the jinx was so good you guys uh elliot mince yeah totally total weirdo Uh, We get a lot of flashbacks, like Year of the Rabbit, then we get a flashback to the bunny incident. And then we get a flashback, because of the the Elliot mints of it all, we get a flashback to, were people doing coke in your bathroom? Which I hate at the time. I was like, oh, Rita, you shit-stirring, lovable goof. And I'm like, what an evil person. I wonder if they were doing coke in the bathroom. (laughs) I don't really think so. Not that I would... I feel like coke is more of a... New York housewives thing. But who knows, you know? Cocaine is weirdly prevalent, like under the radar prevalent, especially with rich people. Now onto the drama of the party. They sit down. It's all very good. But Kyle stirs up some shit again. It's just so predictable at this point. She makes some snide comment about Sutton sweeping things under the rug. Even though that's not what Sutton does. I don't understand this phony, completely incorrect narrative that Sutton isn't being honest with Erica. She's the only one who's being honest with Erica. What's she supposed to do? Go up to her and be like, you're a fucking liar. You scammed all those victims so you don't give a shit about them. No, because Erica would take a sword and cut off the top of Sutton's head like Uma Thurman did to Lucy Lou in Kill Bill Volume 1. It's just, it's not plausible. I feel like this weird little narrative they constructed here. So Sutton is on her very best behavior and says, you know, it's the year of the ox. This <laughs> is so stupid. The show is so fucking stupid. Why don't we start over again? And it's all very classy. And Erica pulls that fucking bullshit of sitting there silently like an ice cold bitch and giving us nothing. I feel like Erica. Read some fucking thing online that was like, if you want to defeat your opponent, be silent and let them talk them, let them let talk themselves into like a tizzy. You know, it's like that old like, you go into a meeting and you don't talk and then the other person will end up like folding. You know, if you want like a salary raise or whatever. But it's just, it's just horrible. <laughs> she's really horrible. And then she is very snarky and sarcastic all the time. She can't just be, she can't just be normal. You know what I mean? So she's like. Why is everyone so quiet? And Carcel's like, because we're looking at you, bitch. (laughs) What do you have to say? And Erica's like, I have nothing to say. Oh, my God. So she just sits there. She just sits there. Why are we, like, stop giving this woman chances. And, And Sutton, she says in her confessional, she's completely correct when she says, why am I trying so hard with this woman? And really, what do all these women see in her? They're scared and they're a clique. And that's, they're very high school mean girls. And again, Kyle is shit-talking Erica in her confessionals. And I really need them to have a showdown at the reunion. I really need that. Okay? Uh, She's too scared to do it to her face because Kyle's a pussy. Um, PK later. That was epically uncomfortable. (laughs) Later, Kyle and Sutton go to the bathroom and talk shit. And I just got to say, thank God for Sutton. Now, did Garcelle confront Rena? about the reaching out to Denise Richards thing before dinner. Or after. But anyway, Garcelle is like, I think it would be really good if you reached out to Lisa, uh, Denise Richards, which is amazing because she, <laughs> it just, it calls Rena on her shit. And then Rena's like, oh, well, I don't have to. I can do whatever I want. Like, whatever. It was great. It's just, it's just nice to see Garcelle go over there and kind of like, I'm going to make you look like an idiot and just look like a fucking hypocrite. Because then later, Lisa's like, I just want everyone to all get along. Um, then they have like, again, like another, like let's hash it out. Sutton and Erica, Erica is again doing the, the power move where she's silent, um, and then J- Sutton is like, "I admit I was." Someone's like, "Well, you were kind of judgy, judgy." And then Sutton's like, "Well, I was a little at first. And then Lisa applauds her because she's the worst, because um, she is terrible. And then she's like, "Well, I would love to have a one-on-one with you, Erica." And Erica's like, "Well, I can't now." Um, I'm not ready. Give me a minute. Whatever, bitch, you had weeks and you've been a complete fucking bully. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I really, really can't wait for this reunion, though. It was it was a good finale. It wasn't it didn't reach the heights of the dinner party from hell part two. But these I feel like these finales rarely do. You know, it's more less of a bang, more of a whimper, but it was still a really good episode. And I don't know, I I really cannot wait for the four part reunion. And hopefully Andy fucking goes there. From what we've seen from the preview, he does. Because, you know, it would be, it would be quite like, it would be a bit of a betrayal because Andy's so bitchy and fun and we like him calling, calling people on their shit. I was always let down with Andy and Bethany. I felt like he, like, let her off the hook with stuff. I remember reading a blind item and who the fuck knows if it holds any weight, but a blind item on crazy days and nights. About how one of the East Coast housewives, Cough Cough Bethany, had something on Andy. And like people were like, oh my God, is it like a, some kind of like sexual assault allegation? Or like, did one of Andy's twinks, like, (laughs) did he do something to him? Or is there a video? And Bethany would lord it over Andy. That could just be bullshit. It probably is bullshit, but like, damn, that would be some good drama if it ever came out. <laughs> ah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't. Well, wa- well, wa- wait. Okay. Uh, let's do Potomac. By the way, I am recording this one day after I recorded the Beverly Hills recap. Um, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm really hungover. I'm so hungover. I had so many white claws last night, white girl, white claws. Uh, and I also fell. I went over to a friend's house beforehand. And, um, when I, as I was walking into her washroom, I, I wasn't even drunk. I was like on my first white claw. I walked into the washroom and I charged in, right. Cause I'm, I'm heavy footed. I, I stomp. I'm a clomper. And I walked in and I slipped on her slippery bath mat and I went down. And I think I like tried to overcorrect myself because like my feet went out from under me and I was like falling back. And I tried to overcorrect by going forward. Um and I went really hard on my elbow and I ended up like splayed out in the floor on my front and I peed myself a little because <laughs> I was on my way to the toilet. So like my bladder was full. Anyway, I feel like I've been hit by like a bunch of baseball bats today. So forgive me if I'm not as perky as yesterday. Okay? <laughs> but let's talk Potomac because a lot of shit went down and it was really really funny and I'm I'm very excited so they're going on their second girls trip together as we all know it's still pandemic so we're not going to be going to Portugal or anywhere down south but they're honestly not that far from Williamsburg where they went before Chesapeake, Pe- Chesapeake, Chesapeake, am I, am I screwing that up anyway it's not that exciting but it is gorgeous and Wendy's the hostess and it's a really large mansion so no little you know side cabins where she can split up people so it, they're, they're going with their husbands we all know Michael Darby isn't going to show up he's persona non grata there and white Chris is there as well so that's just not gonna happen would it be great drama you betcha it's not gonna happen though Michael is many things but is he stupid I don't know actually maybe he is stupid but he's not I don't know he's pretty dumb okay So Mia is leaving her kids with her mom for the first time. That's a really big step for the relationship. Mia's mom kind of factors into like a lot of what happens at the back half of this episode. Wendy has offended Giselle and um, Robin with her invite. So they are not coming. But we know they're going to show up eventually based on the preview for next week. And the fact that they are on The Real Housewives. You don't turn down a girl's trip filming opportunity. It's where all the real drama goes down. It's not good for your image on the show. It's not good for Bravo. It's bad move as a cast member. See Aviva Drescher, right? So Mia is it's very messy to begin with. Everyone's doing shots off the top, but there's also the drama of Mia versus Candace. Mia's pissed about Candace saying her mom's low budget in retaliation for Mia saying that Candace's music video shoot was low budget. I guess Candace doesn't know about her mother. But I feel like by the end of this episode, she does know. Is this address in the episode? I can't remember. But not that it would change what Candace says. Candace goes low. You know what I mean? She's, uh, it's, this episode really reminded me of all the Monique stuff from last season. Candace keeps, you know, just picking and picking and just, she's relentless, you know? It makes sense why she was attacked. Now, I'm not saying M- Monique was right to do that, but she's relentless. So Wendy has this terrible idea that it's GVO, good vibes only this weekend. And it starts out fun. They're doing shots. uh, And Gordon or G, Mia's husband and Eddie are getting along really well. But later, Eddie kind of distances, distances, distances himself from Gordon because Gordon's crazy. And Gordon is 69 years old. Gordon does not look 69 years old. Gordon looks great. But he's really fucked in. He's fucking crazy. Like, of course, he met his wife at a strip club. Now that we know the kind of guy he is, like he's hard partying or whatever. At one point, he's like humping the air saying he likes white girls. He's it, it's He gets really wasted. It's actually really embarrassing. He like puts his car dealer on speakerphone to like impress people, I guess. And then he's telling Mia to shut the fuck up. It's not good. But Mia is really like, whatever. That's just the way we are. Blah, blah. And like, I don't know what's going on at home. The women are in the other room. It's Escala, Wendy and Candace shit talking them. And they're like, what's going on at home with Mia? Now, the what's going on at home thing. I don't know. I, I'm not saying that it's like an abusive relationship. that That's what they kind of seem to be suggesting there. Or there's something more. I just think that this is the way they are. Gordon didn't didn't make himself look. though but maybe Mia's just like whatever he's probably gonna be dead in 10 years and I'll have all his money like I don't know I'll put up with it for now so like I said uh, some of the ladies including Candace are shit-talking Mia in the bedroom and Mia walks in and shit basically hits the fan because Candace is in wild shady bully mode all because of the low-budget comments about her music video by the way didn't this all start with Dr. Dorothy shit-talking her own daughter and then Dr. Dorothy told No way, I guess Wendy told Candace about what Mia asked. But also, I just feel like Dr. Dorothy is walking away unscathed. And part of me, even though Dr. Dorothy is, believe me, a very shitty mother, part of me is like, was all of this something that Dorothy and Candace concocted for drama? I don't know, maybe. I mean, it's giving Candace a really good reason to go after Mia. And as we all know, Candace loves her drama. So they're shit-talking Mia. And then Candace goes really low. She says she comes for her big feet and I love Mia. She's like, what's wrong with my big feet? (laughs) And not that not that Mia is innocent in this. Right. But I'm still team Mia because Candace is like, then she gets shamey. You were found on a curb by a pimp saying that God made you basic. Uh, (laughs) God made you basic. I mean, here's the thing. (laughs) She's entertaining, but she goes too far, especially with the sex work, shamey stuff. You're found on the curb by pimp she this is like she brings back the pimp thing later on the episode now Mia somehow gets on the phone I think someone's calling her and she makes some comment about how she's surrounded by broke bitches and she's glad she's talking to someone not like that and that again sets crazy Candace off uh and she's like well your mother's a broke bitch oh my god Candace then she's calling her a night walker a night crawler uh and it's very much like what she was doing with Ashley Darby and Mia's not really responding or popping off. Like, she's not, she's not you know, giving back that same energy. And I'm sure that makes Candace even extra pissed because what she's doing is she's trying to get a reaction. And this is what she did with Monique, but the reaction was obviously way, way too fucking big for her to handle it. She can't handle it. I mean, and and, and no one should be able to handle that kind of violence. It should never go to violence. But, yeah, I, I, she's got to be careful. So Mia's letting everything kind of just, like, Roll off her back. Uh, then Karen and Ashley show up. Wendy does this super weird ranking about who gets to pick the rooms and Candace is last. And it's very funny. And we know next week, based on the previews, that eventually Giselle and Robin show up. And they're going to put a, put up a stink about getting the crappy beds. But when they went to Williamsburg, all of the other... W- Wendy and the other women got, like, the shitty cabin beds. Or what are we calling it? A cab- cabinet? A guest house or whatever? Coach house? So you know that's kind of her little revenge, and that's okay. And also, Giselle and Robin, you didn't show up right away. You're gonna get the crappiest rooms. Calm down. I'm sure I'll be angry about it next week. Don't you worry. I'll get more. I'll get more into my anger. Um. So after the room stuff, we get back into the drama. Mia tells Ashley, who's just arrived, that Candace is mean, and that is true. And Candace is like, um, I'm literally standing right here. You can talk to me. You can talk to me and say it. But who, wh- I, I, I'm confused. You were literally just calling her um, a night crawler and a night walker and a whore. So don't be so <laughs> scandalized by the fact that sh- Mia told tells Ashley that you're mean. It's nice because Mia's now found a little ally in Ashley. Because if there's one thing Ashley hates, it is Candace and Candace's meanness. Most of the men leave the room because they know the shit's about to go down. But Gordon is so wasted. So he kind of retires to a nearby couch. But he doesn't, nothing really seems to like be (laughs) computing in this for the rest of the episode. Like, I don't think he's all there because he's so wasted. So he doesn't really factor into a ton. Um, So Candace tells Mia that she needs to go to therapy uh, because of the way she treats people who she thinks are beneath her. Like she makes a lot of money and Escala calls that classism. And I think maybe they're right to a degree, but also Mia comes from nothing. Uh, so I think she's very proud about having money now. But, you know, her way to go about it is very messy. Messy, Mia. Uh, but I think it's complicated. So Mia puts her hand in Candice's face and she does a little dance like, I don't care. Ha ha ha. And Candice tells Mia to walk your night crawling ass out of the room. And then she tells Mia that she's the one being disrespectful. Candace says Mia is being disrespectful after saying that. Then she tells Mia to find her pimp. And Mia goes dancing off. And she's like, pimp, where are you? The hoe is here. And it's very funny. And she gets Gordon from the couch. Oh, my God. I've written all this down. It's insane. So go drop it like, so Candace goes, go drop it like it's hot for your pimp because he needs to put you back in line. Oh, my God. This woman. Oh, boy. The pimp stuff. Wow. Um, Mia takes Gordon's hand. She leads him out. And then fucking... Candace, fucking Candace. And again, this is, this is all her own doing. Candace, my God. She, she tells Gordon, oh, you're, you know, you're, your wife is hungry. Feed her, feed her. Um, and she throws a single piece of lettuce in Mia's direction. It's insane. But also, Jesus Christ, what a housewife. Andy and this casting people. My God, well done. Candace's defense is that Mia started with her and now she's going to finish. And Mia says she doesn't start. And in fact, the video was low budget. And side note, again, this is all Doctor Dorothy's fault. And then Mia, and then Candace once again takes it to the mother, and she goes, "Your mom is low budget." And That's when Karen Huger steps in. Karen hasn't got a lot of hasn't got a lot of screen time this episode, so she jumps in. She comes to Mia's defense, and she tells Candace she can't bring up someone's mom. And then everybody's yelling, and of course Ashley is now Team Mia, and she's screaming at Candace, and it's pure chaos. And Candace and Mia are telling each other to fuck off. And then Mia gets a little expression on her face. And it's because she's decided what she's going to do. And she takes a handful of lettuce and throws it at Candace. And Candace does not hesitate one millisecond to throw it right back. And then this is the end of the episode. And the editors beautifully cut to uh, uh, an image of a cow, its calf, and a duck in a meadow. And it's really fucking beautiful. And we know it gets even messier at that um, Kitchen Island next week and more things are thrown and more things are tossed and it's very messy and it's a great it's a great fight i'm very happy i'm I'm, think me is doing a great job this season yes she's messy uh but this is the real housewives especially the real housewives of potomac they're gonna get messy and thank you thank you right a really really fun episode um i'm excited oh oh and then (laughs) <laughs> Nicki Minaj is not hosting the reunion it looks like but like coming on for part of the Potomac reunion which they just shot and there are all these memes being like Nikki better watch out if Candace t- decides to take her down and it's like they're not they're not going to take down Nicki Minaj they are going to suck the fuck up to her I wonder who what Nikki thinks though who, who is like who size, whose side Nikki is going to be on obviously she's going to love Karen Huger a la Rihanna but we'll see We shall see. Okay, finally, let's get into Salt Lake City, which was very satisfying to me. Okay? Uh, It's kind of an afterthought at this point after all the Lisa shit that goes down, but we immediately pick up from the ice fishing expedition fight with Jen versus Meredith featuring... Lisa, who wants to play Peacemaker, but really what she wants to do is just Meredith says it later in a confessional in the episode She wants it to be easier for Lisa She wants them to get along so Lisa doesn't have to deal with this anymore So, uh, they're all going at it. Heather and Whitney are just watching and then I got such a kick out of Heather being like, I'd love to follow Jen to the weak side of the ice but I li- I can't because I lied about my body weight on the ice fishing forms." <laughs> Heather is very funny She really is. So Jan Shaw oh continues to deny, deny, deny. It's not even that like entertaining at this point because it's like, you know, she just doesn't. She's just not accountable for anything. She doesn't. She doesn't. She never admits to being wrong. It's really exhausting. And then the rage comes out, and she's going on, she's freaking out to Stew Chain, saying that you know everyone's against her and blah blah blah, and she doesn't run her own social media. And then she goes, she says that Meredith. needs to own the shit that Brooks has done to her and her children. And she pulls out this classing line. I'm trying to defend my fucking vagina and my kids. Just deranged. Then she uh, throws her tennis bracelet into the snow. And then (laughs) the confessional, Lisa, who of course knows the price for everything, I'm sure. She's a very shallow woman. She very helpfully tells us that it's like at least $70,000, which, you know, made from scamming old people. So, hmm. Maybe try pulling an Erica Jane and selling it online before the feds take everything Jen Shaw. So we kind of get to an apology to Meredith. Jen Shaw says, you know, I don't, as we all know, I don't. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't do my social media. I will handle it with my people. And they arrange for Jen to personally apologize to Brooks because why the fuck not? We get more Brooks screen time. That's kind of Meredith's MO sometimes. So that's tied up in a bow for now, even though that's not going to last based on all the previews we've seen. Um, Yeah. So the big part of this episode is the introduction of Angie, who has made far more of a splash in her one episode than Jenny has so far. I really like her. (laughs) I mean, she is fascinating. She's a fascinating, strange woman. She looks like Sarah Paulson. She eats Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, is that how you say it? It's not... We we only have like one in up in here up here in Canada. It's on Young Street, and when it first came, there were like tons of protests around it because of, you know, it's homophobia and stuff. Um, but anyway, so she's eating this homophobic chicken, but she also has a trans child and she's putting on this charity event for LGBTQIA plus people. Um, she's also Whitney's distant cousin and Lisa's good friend, and so she's coming in as Lisa's friend. Now, Lisa hates that her and Whitney have become fast buddies because they have like you know they're weird Mormon cousins Um, because Lisa even though she's a really great housewife she is a terrible mean girl she really is like she's it's frustrating sometimes because you kind of feel like no one else sees it you know like that I I can't I'm trying to think like of high school when there were there were certain girls I really really hated and everyone was like oh she's nice but they'd be mean to me and you kind of feel like gaslit you know what I mean I think this is probably how Whitney feels about Lisa. There's there's proof of Whit- of Lisa being a mean girl, but, like, Lisa in her mind is, like, so nice and, like, what? I would never. So it's it's probably very frustrating for Heather and Whitney. So Angie, even though she's coming in as Lisa's friend, she immediately fucking flips, and it's really fucking satisfying. She tells Whitney that Lisa... She sort of tells Whitney that Lisa asked her not to acknowledge Whitney as a cousin. And in her confessional, she actually says, Lisa has a lot of opinions about people. And if I wasn't friends with everyone she didn't want me to be friends with, I wouldn't have a lot of friends. So this we have real proof that Lisa is shady as hell. It's great. But then we get extra, extra, extra huge proof because Angie claims that the caterers for her upcoming Casino Night charity event, they, pulled, they actually pulled out because of alleged threats. From Lisa. And this happened near hours after Angie told Lisa that she was inviting Whitney to the event. And it's very clear A plus B equals C. Like, this is obvious. So, like, Bic got caught. Like, she got caught. It's so validating. And again, I really enjoy Lisa on my television, but it is so validating c- to see her get taken down. It's a little like LVP esque. You know what I mean? So, It looks like Angie's going out of her way to take Lisa down. So uh, clearly they're not that great friends or I mean, maybe she just feels really betrayed about the catering thing and like, don't fuck with food at a party. You know what I mean? But I think there's more to it. And Lisa has been shady to her over the years, you know, like a frenemy type thing. And I think that Angie's made her choice. And I thank her for it. She's doing great work. I'm very impressed with Angie so far, okay? I'm very impressed. I mean, I'm sure the other shoe is going to be going to drop and something terrible will come out about her, but I don't care for now. I'm really enjoying the work she is doing. Full-time housewife, please, Sutton her up. Bravo. Sutton her up. Invest in Angie. So the vent goes down. Lisa immediately ignores Whitney. Like, at least, like, fake nice. You know what I mean? Like, it's very clear you don't like her which we knew but it's just still like Whitney's whole thing is you treat me like shit and you ignore me and you act like you're better than me and she keeps proving it time and time again and Angie as like the host is killing it she has like a bunch of outfit changes guests can actually wear loner diamonds which is sounds like a really bad idea but you know the bitch is rich right and she has a lot of potential I'm I'm a fan so far so she Angie <laughs> oh I love Angie I love Angie she confronts Lisa in this private room And Lisa fucking panics because I think she knows she's been caught, you know? And then she randomly brings up Whitney before Angie had even, she hadn't even brought that up. So we, it's very clear to us, the audience, that Whitney is related to Lisa's sabotage, which she is denying. Then Angie brings up how Lisa being friends with Jen Shaw is like a betrayal of Meredith. I don't even remember how we got there. Just, I guess, like. I don't know but then they pull Meredith and Jen into the room and Meredith denies that you know she was that Lisa was a bad friend to her but I really hope that Meredith flips because Lisa's not a good person <laughs> and I actually really like Meredith I actually think she's the clo no that's not true I was gonna say she's the closest thing we have to like audience surrogate normal person but that's clearly Heather and maybe a little Whitney Then Whitney's in the room and (laughs) because obviously it's the Real Housewives and this concerns her. She's a part of this drama. And Lisa's like, Whitney, why are you in here? And why can't she be? Everyone else is. This has something to do with Jen Sean. She's there. And then Whitney just blows it all up. I wish Heather was there Uh, because this would have been really fun for Heather to watch. The takedown of Lisa Barlow. So Whitney ends up telling Lisa that she knows all about Lisa trying to get Angie not to hang out with her. So she reveals that Angie has betrayed Lisa's confidence. And basically now Whitney has fucking proof that Lisa does look down on her and is, you know, there are machinations behind the scenes. She's trying to sabotage Whitney. And the whole time, like on the at the reunion and stuff, Lisa's always denied, denied, denied that she's has has it out for Heather and Whitney, but now we have solid proof. It's so great. Especially because it's coming from Angie, who is technically, up until this moment, a Lisa ally. So she has all the dirt. And she's really fucked, and she knows it, and she freaks out, and she cries, and she runs out of the party. And Whitney says in her testimonial that she's got a PhD on Lisa's behavior, and she knows exactly what's happening because, quote, when Lisa's screaming, it's because she's being challenged. When Lisa cries... It's because she doesn't want to deal with it. When Lisa walks away, it's because she's guilty and she's been caught red-handed. It's a little Jen Shaw. Jen screams and whines like a baby when she knows she's in the wrong. But then again, whenever anybody screams or whines, I get shades of Jen Shaw. Because she kind of has like, you know, she's cornered the market on freaking out. So that was awesome because it was a mean girl finally getting exposed. You know what I mean? She... She can hide behind her, you know, her Sundance connections and like acting all like super cool and her long silky hair and pretending to be super nice because she thinks she's so nice. That's her whole thing. But now we have proof, Validation, you guys. It's so flipping validating. So uh, yeah, that was a really good episode. I enjoy the introduction of Angie. We'll see where she goes. I mean, she started out strong. We know that des- doesn't necessarily mean she could do it in the long run. But yeah, so that was Salt Lake City. So, that's our podcast this week. You can follow us on Trashbox Housewives on Instagram. And honestly, I am so lazy with the Twitter. I'm just shit on Twitter. Isn't that terrible? I'll get you someone. I'll get you something funny and good. Uh, thanks for listening so much, everybody. I really appreciate it. Follow us on the socials. Well, uh, I am so hungover. <laughs> I'm so flipping hungover. I'm gonna go honestly smoke a ton of weed and watch TV. Bye-bye. <sighs>